Welcome to Theologizing Life with Anthony Cottrell and the one and only Elisa Tracy. Elisa, what? Where'd Matt Tracy go? And her husband. What? He's so we kicked, oh, I'm sorry. We kicked Matt out and Elisa's the new co-host. Yeah. Her husband's joining us. So Matt is here again. Hi, Matt. Hi. All I have to say is it's about time. Yep. <laughs> No, we're just kidding. Matt Tracy is still the co-host. And he's in the car all the time and she just like gives me notes, like, you know. No, no, no. Feedback. And now she's just staged a mutiny. <laughs> Your wife listens to our podcast? No. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Emily, do you listen to our podcast? Uh sometimes. Oh yeah, Emily's here. So here's a fun Hi. thing. So we told our wives we were going to do a marriage episode. What they didn't know is Matt and I are actually just going to interview them. No. <laughs> no. First question, why don't we listen to your podcast? First question. <laughs> no, we're just kidding. I thought that would be a fun joke. Mm. Uh, we are going to do a marriage podcast. We're going to talk about our marriages. And perhaps, maybe something meaningful will come of this <laughs> yeah, we're not taking the position of experts here so no <laughs> it's more of um sharing experience and perhaps normalizing some things for other couples especially within i don't know about you guys but i had early on some high expectations for what a christian marriage and especially a spiritual Christian marriage should look like. And um, we don't meet those expectations typically. And it's actually sometimes freeing for me to find out like, oh, okay. Like that's not the only way a Christian marriage needs to look, you know? So there are some Christian marriages I knew of. It's like, if that's what it means, if that's what it means for me, then like, I don't know if I want to do that. Like, cause it's just different for everybody, you know? Yeah. yeah. So hopefully uh, maybe if nothing else, we'll normalize or, or make it um, relatable. relatable. I hope, yeah. uh, some things. So yeah. But to start out, I'm going to ask. Or maybe we'll be, you know, you're going to listen to this and be like, I don't want to be anything like them in my marriage. And that'll be helpful too. You know? Yeah. You know, it'll what not field for you. <laughs> just kidding i think we're pretty good at being we'll see yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right so i'm going to start out uh asking tracy's a question so first thing uh just to familiarize our listeners tell us a little bit about your story like how did you guys meet uh, how does your engagement story go um and then if you have this like, is, is there anything funny that happened uh, at your wedding? So, uh, yeah, tell us a little bit of your story. Is there any stories we could tell from our wedding? <laughs> just kidding. Um, uh, one of them does include a bartender. So I'm just trying to see which story do I want to share. Um, so we met in youth group, actually. Elisa was my sister Nicole's best friend. And we, so we've known each other for what? Since, like, wow, since we were in seventh grade? Seventh grade? Eighth grade, eighth grade. So probably what, 10 years? I don't know how long. No, 15 years. Shoot. I, yeah, I, way longer than that. For some reason, I just went back to, like, I was 23 in my mind. 20, 2008. I'm 29. Um, 2008 is when we met. Yeah, so 15 years. Mm-hmm. And so we didn't actually start. Like becoming friends or like it was so matt was always nicole's little brother the stinky little brother and like we ran in the same social circles but we never talked to each other it was very weird like i think the first conversation that me and matt had with each other was probably when we were like juniors in high school yeah oh wow it was, it was very well there was one time that nicole my sister had friends over and we were all watching a movie and then oh my gosh yes this was in the this was the days where you had to go to family video to rent a movie uh so um my sister and her so my sister had her friends over including it was including elisa and i was just there tagging along like i always did 
And my sister and her other friends went to go rent another movie, leaving Elisa and I just sitting in, you know, the basement together, just like, what do we, what do we talk about? I've never (laughs) talked to you before. It it was, yeah, it was, it was a funny, and then we ended up getting married. So, um, wild. Yes. So we like knew each other. We're acquaintances but then when we both went away to college I think that as we got older like our friends who value the the same things as we did kind of like narrowed out because it's like you have this big pool of like we're all in this together and then everybody kind of decides to go their separate ways so I think that me and Matt were like two of the people from our youth group that like held the same values so that kind of brought us together and then I went to Grace College, and then he ended up going to a school in Illinois. But when North Central College, North Central College, yep, in Naperville. But then when he decided that he wanted to go into ministry, and I was already studying ministry, that kind of brought us closer together. Then we went on a mission trip, and we all know Don't, the oh my God. best relationships start on mission trips. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I always like when I was a youth pastor. I could not bring myself to say, like, say, like, don't fall in love in youth group because, like, that I would not be living up to my own advice. So, yeah, you fall in love on a mission trip. Sometimes it just happens. There's a lot of emotions there. Yeah. But, yeah. So, <laughs> so our engagement story, I, I always come out of the story when Lisa tells it, looking like a total dweeb. And I want to know, I want you to know that, like, I had. Like I had plans that did not go well. No, so they went great. Sorry, we're taking way too long on this first question. We'll tell this engagement story. So Matt like texts me on a Wednesday, and he's like, "Let's go for a walk down by window. No, let's go out to dinner, and then let's go for a walk afterward." And I was like, "He's proposing." Holy <laughs> 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 says, "Who says let's go for a walk?" Like you know, I don't like going for walks so but then I texted I texted all of my friends like and I was like guys I'm really worried like I've been waiting for this for a long time I think Matt's gonna propose but I don't want to be disappointed so all of my friends who already knew I was getting engaged that weekend were like Elisa I really think you need to like don't get your hopes up because I don't think it's gonna happen <laughs> and then we took me out to dinner we walked around the lake and we- I had a spot and it was supposed to be like by the water, by one on the lake. But there were so many people there. And I'm like, this is not going to work. So I had to like call an audible midway through. And it still ended up working out. So in his head, Matt was like, I need to find a new spot because this this is not what I planned. And in my head, I'm like, he's proposing to me. So we're both walking around in silence, just like <laughs> like holding each other's hands, just like. What? I like looked at him I'm like are you all right he's like yeah you're all right I'm like yep and then we just didn't say anything <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so then but then he proposed and he goes Elisa will you marry me wait do I need to get down on one knee yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was just yeah it was all I was all pressure come on pressure. So, but, yes. so why don't you guys uh tell us about your we'll talk we'll talk about our wedding stories after you guys okay uh, share your story mm-hmm. well we met at indiana wesleyan we had some mutual friends and one of my roommates worked with anthony in the admissions office and so i had known of anthony for a little while but we hadn't quite ran in the same circle socially so i knew he was a really great guy but didn't really know that our paths would meet or if you know he was just a really cool guy but then we ended up having a couple semesters back to back of classes together. And so uh, I just kind of kept seeing him over and over again. Didn't really think anything more to it until our junior year. And what, uh, oh, we were in adolescent growth and development. I was in it for psychology for an elective and Anthony was taking it for youth men. And um, I borrowed the book from my roommate, who was our mutual friend. And Anthony also wanted to borrow the book. And then it kind of became this, 
hey, I lent it to my roommate, Emily, and you should, you know, share the book. And so then it started as friends you know, set up. Oh, that's book sharing. I, and then can like, I ask, did Anthony have a beard at this point? Oh, no. Was the, was the hair? He actually had some hair, though. <laughs> a little swooshy, swooshy hair. Long. That was like before that's Bieber was Bieber. Yeah. I had longer hair, you know. What? Yes. yes. Bieber was Bieber? Before yeah, Bieber before was... the Bieber yeah. swoosh was a thing. Yeah. I remember you before you wait before you totally went bald, but like I don't remember you ever having like long hair. That's... So it wasn't really long. Mean? It was just like was a little long. shag, you know. It was like the beach bum shag. And I think sometimes you had the little soul patch I had a soul patch or a couple times a day. I don't know if by then I did. You were but... doing the East Pastor. Right, anyway. So what we're gonna do for this podcast is the, the title picture is gonna be all of us. When baby pictures <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it was interesting we had three semesters like back to back where we're in the same class but we still didn't socially interact and part of it was I had a group of friends and half of them were like in long-term relationships where they were going to get married so they weren't interested in like meeting other girls at school and then the other half were scared of girls I guess I don't know <laughs> And I, uh, I sort of adapted to my environment and was like, well, I don't have any wingmen, so I'm never going to meet anyone. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, so we didn't really talk, but yeah, we started sharing that book. Um, I worked with her friend in the admissions office and was actually pretty good friends with Rachel, Mm -hmm. um, since freshman year. Shout out to Rachel. Yeah. She's been on the podcast before, actually, uh, before Matt. Um, was a co-host one of my first episodes was with Rachel so throwback to listeners if anyone wants to go check uh, that one out she's a a psychologist Mm -hmm. Um, but anyways so we were sharing the book Um, and it started out you know trading the book back and forth and then I did the uh, hey if you need anything there's my number Um, (laughs) I gave him my number in case he needed it which was pretty bold for me I I don't know I had always been really shy and awkward around boys she was actually I was a couple I don't know how long we had to get there are a couple of different points where Emily was very forward I just started getting forward I apparently was like "Hmm, so anyway but we started sharing the book and then we started studying together which just turned into me like laughing all night and getting nothing done and going for walks and yeah. Yeah. So there's a little Spending bit of a, there's a little bit of a funny story. So I'm sitting in this big open commons area, and then there's this like student walkway, and um, I was in there talking to a friend, and this is the irony about it. Me and this friend were actually we're both single, we're both ministry majors, we both had a class we had to stay up late to study for. We were going to go to this 24 hour study lounge, but we we're talking about singleness and um, just girls and all this stuff, and I look out into like the wall walkway which was a ways away and i saw emily come out of one of the like dining options on on campus and she was walking towards the exit (laughs) but i saw her about face (laughs) i saw her turn around and she came in and said hi to me and the friend i was talking to and talked and we're like yeah we're gonna go to 24 hours study lounge and you know you can join us if you want and she walked away and that friend literally was like what about her and i'm like yeah, I just like, I don't really like, we're not really friends. We don't really hang out. I don't know. Um, so then we started hanging out and this is the end of our junior year. We started hanging out, studying at the 24 hour study lounge for like the last couple of weeks of the semester. Cause, uh, we just, I just, Cramp-ish. that was, a, it was a brutal semester actually. Um, but, uh, there's this gas station near campus that had like the giant polar pops. Like we walked there once we walked around. So anyways, I'm thinking Finding all the excuses to you know, hang out together. Um, We need to, we're making the story (laughs) too. So I, uh, (laughs) so far at least. (laughs) um, I thought by senior year, we will be hanging out. And so our friend groups will interact and maybe I could ask her on a date like senior year uh, (laughs) or something. We ended up um, fast tracking things, fast tracking things. And, uh, started dating that summer and then i went on this bike trip for with her which that's a story which we don't that's a yeah that's a a long story but 
I rode on a bicycle 380 some miles in the course of four days uh, and almost died. And I figured if he could see me look as disgusting as I did and smell and feel, you know, exhausted and tired and not very lovely, then, you know, if he could handle that, he, he could stick around. So we go into a senior year and we're dating. And then um, by Christmas break, we were engaged. And then the next summer, so after graduation, we got married, moved to Warsaw, Indiana, and I became a youth pastor. And so that was a year. And the rest was history. And then the next day you met Matt and Elisa Tracy. Yes. Just kidding. <laughs> um, it was actually a, a, few, years. a few years later, actually, yeah. but only like three or four. Um Engage. Yeah, I first met you guys when Emily was still pregnant with Titus. That was okay. the first. Yeah, was like, so like five, five years, years in for us. Yeah. Four, well, maybe four and a half. But yeah, four, four, something like that. But I think we met you, Elisa. We met you, be- Elisa, before. before we met Matt and we're yeah. like, who is this guy? Yeah, yeah. actually, uh, funny thing. <laughs> we remember hearing about you as like, Elisa's boyfriend mm-hmm. and this like, hmm, wonder what he's like and like, oh. <laughs> that's where we're all friends so um engagement story i sound pretty awesome in this story i feel like but it's because i had help from her sister <laughs> yes, like Kristen a lot of paid help. attention to some details and you asked for help which i i think was very sweet yeah i i asked for help and she had these like oh my goodness actually i think about it some like almost hallmarky like ideas that <laughs> romantic be, actually romantic yes so um it was Christmas break, and the plan was we were going to go to our homes, which Emily's from Toledo, I'm from Martinsville, Indiana, and then we were going to meet up later on Christmas break and celebrate Christmas together. Um, but instead of going home, I headed, I left before her. It's like, all right, I'm done with my finals. I'm going to go home. I'll see you later. Which, side note, he was not nearly as sad as I thought he should be <laughs> saying goodbye to me for like, you know, at least, what was it, two or three weeks? I don't know. It's probably like the longest we've been apart, like since the summer. Is that timeline right? I don't know. Anyways, yeah. I was like, oh, he's not going to miss me. Why isn't he sadder? And I'm like, I'm got to book it to Toledo before she gets there. And her grandpa lives near them. And so I went to his house and I got changed, all dressed up. And um, her parents had this like park bench uh, that they were going to set out in their back porch and so Emily got home and her parents are like okay grandpa wants to take you out to dinner you need to get dressed up to celebrate the end of a long hard semester which I was like I don't need to dress up for grandpa our sweatpants okay and they're like no go shower and get dressed I was like oh my goodness grandpa loves me for who I am I don't care (laughs) anyway so you know reluctantly I got dressed up the classic stubborn (laughs) um and uh because Kristen's like, you know, when she gets proposed to, she probably doesn't want to look like, you know, she's just in her sweatpants and pajamas or something. So I was like, okay, good idea. So she gets dressed up. They had a dog at the time. Her mom tells her to go let the dog out back or let him in or something. Yeah. And by that point I had driven over to their house, walked to the backyard and I was sitting on a park bench. So and you had a single red rose. Very sweet. So when she opened the door, I was there on the porch. Obviously, I knew. And I just kind of stood there like, oh, oh my gosh. And then I gave her the rose. I got down on the knee, asked her to marry me. And she said yes. And here we are. Oh, that's so fun. Yes. Yeah. And then we went to Olive Garden for dinner. And we came home. And it's like, oh. And you didn't go with the the ring on the Olive Garden breadstick? No. (laughs) (laughs) That would have been special. No. (laughs) But like i don't know about you guys but we were so Just so exhausted we were so from emotionally the t- was excitement like, it's like okay i'm gonna go to bed now i love you i'm looking forward to our life together Good i'm night. going to go to bed we have a lot of years together but right now i'm gonna sleep yeah yeah <laughs> yeah um our wedding story that i can think of oh is what were you gonna say really quick other than it was it was as hot as oh, was really the hot. bad place uh, that july day and we decided to go with like full suits for yeah, the guys like suit vest all that stuff and the reception didn't have air conditioning working very well at her church and so 
like people <laughs> my dad was like soaked that was kind of funny but the pastor um had in his notes and he had like uh it was like a template and he what did he call me he called you aaron he called me aaron or something no no but we just like rolled with it didn't correct him or anything i but... think he got it right for the vow so it was okay so, but yeah. we laughed about it later yeah so it or was he just like going but, through calling you aaron? we looked at know. each other and locked eyes and we're like huh. I mean, just, just okay roll with it. Just i'm aaron going. now Oh, I love that. What? So Anyways, that was. Was what was yours? Funny. That was it. Actually, oh. I was when they called when he called you the wrong name. Yeah. <laughs> That's so, amazing. Anyways, what about you guys and your your wedding? Was there anything funny that happened, or these, these memorable? Made they were really beautiful bouquets. Oh my gosh! And very expensive bouquets too. So like that kind of adds to that the story so um after the wedding like we're we're gone at this point um my family is cleaning up the reception hall and everything like that and our friend uh dylan stuck around to to help clean up and no we we weren't gone because i was there when my mom asked i'll let i'll let matt keep going but we were we were still there we were cleaning up the reception dylan found the bouquet one of the bouquets was your bouquet, wasn't it? No, it was my mom's. Oh, you're, yeah, that's even worse. So Lisa's mom's Mother bouquet. of the bride, her and, bouquet. Um, he just took it, just took it home because oh, he didn't think that we wanted it. He apparently <laughs> said, like, I was walking around asking people if it was theirs. And I asked, like, the wait staff if it was theirs. So, like, no one said they wanted it. So I just, just took, took it. it. So then my mom later on was like, where's my bouquet? Like it's not on because we were gonna we were gonna get them dried and pressed and like framed yeah like, like preserve it because it's like a special yeah, beautiful yeah sure. but we didn't know where it was so we get back from our we, we go on our honeymoon like it's like weeks after the wedding and we go over to Dylan's house and the bouquet is just sitting there in a vase on his kitchen table oh my <laughs> word like, uh, I was like where'd you get that man he's like. <laughs> It was just hanging out on one of the tables, and I was like, "That is my mom's bouquet, you jerk!" Like, <laughs> oh, Dylan. Which? Yeah, that's oh, so the special thing was that I got to get the bouquet and preserve it because I found it at Dylan's house. That's funny. But again, the wait staff was gonna throw it away, so Dylan might have saved it. Yeah, I, don't know. I think he did. There and, you go. You know, providential. Who knows? But yeah, so I was very upset, to say the least. Yeah. For the record, for our listeners, Dylan is the furthest thing from a jerk in his yes. disposition. Yes. No, he was in my wedding. He stood up in my wedding. Like he's. Yeah, all, we're all still friends, so yeah. Oh, One of our best friends in the entire world. The furthest thing, yeah. <laughs> it was so innocent. It's just, just a funny. I want to get him on a podcast one of these days. Yeah. So yeah. Well, question for you guys. Um, we should get serious here because we spent a lot of time talking about talking about our funny stories. But um, how does your shared faith in Jesus shape your marriage? You want to go first? Uh-uh. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. Um, I would say I think it just gives us um a different kind of ethic to follow when we talk about relationships um and our commitment to one another um trying to model our which we're not awesome at it I'll I mean I'll be the first to say that but um just having the covenant relationship instead of just um kind of cultural I guess you could say level of commitment um but having that covenant relationship that's modeled like Jesus and having grace and forgiveness for one another um I mean, ultimately the goal is for us to look more and more like Christ in our relationship, which is a refining experience, I could say. Um, But just being united to love one another more and more like like Jesus in selfless, self-giving ways. But that's the ideal. Doesn't always live out practically the way that 
Yeah, no, I think I, I think I would agree. So our shared, some of our shared, well, okay, our shared commitment to this idea of grace and forgiveness and self-giving love and uh, so on your, you know, the fruit of the spirit is one of the things like, now we don't work that out or walk that out perfectly <laughs> all the time, but it's sort of like the anchor that helps or like ah, such a cheesy thing to say, but it's like true North that helps Right. helps us uh align our marriage back to where it needs to be um but then i think too it shapes our our values and how we um and, and not like just moral values and things like that like compared to like it actually like one of the things we value i think is hospitality and so our shared faith in jesus shapes how we engage like our friends and our neighbors and ministry and um, people around us in our community. And I feel like we, I feel like we're fairly together on some of that stuff. So, yeah. And, but it's because of Jesus, it's because of Jesus that we care about interacting with our neighbors and not just like um, isolating. And I don't know, uh, our, our shared faith in Jesus shapes our, view on generosity and things like that so yeah. some of those shared values and you i like the word use ethics and stuff yeah. yeah how about you guys how would you answer the question of how jesus has shaped your how your shared faith in jesus has shaped your marriage or made a difference well first of all we have certainly been on the other end of your hospitality and your generosity and your care for people so we've seen that and we can certainly attest to the fact that it's a it's from the Holy Spirit and from Jesus and not just of your own efforts. So thank you for sharing that with us. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. Um how does it <laughs> I act like I don't know, but I know there's just so many, there's so many ways that it does. Like I can't imagine our relationship without Jesus. It just like it was the thing that brought us together. Like I said during our story as we started to get to know each other. It was like, that's what brought us close is when all the rest of our friends started to fall away from their faith. We were deciding to follow Jesus with our lives and that brought us closer. So, I mean, for me, I think that, I think the thing that matters and makes a difference every single day consistently is that like, I know that, Matt loves me with unconditional love because I think that that is the one of the differences between love from Jesus and then just like human love is that human love is conditional but love from Christ and love from God is unconditional and when you bring that kind of love into a marriage there's so much safety in there um, and so much just like foundation to be yourself foundation to mess up foundation to be wrong um be a jerk sometimes because that happens when you're married um you're never a jerk I'm never ever. it's always me just a jerk I guess that's my favorite word tonight yeah. um but yeah it just it gives you so much safety to mess up and know that your partner will love you no matter what because they have the forgiveness and the love of Jesus and they're in it for the long haul and not just for what you do for them. Yeah. I guess in a um just like an everyday life sense too, like it just kind of gives you a baseline goal in your life. You know, you know, how do we want our parent, how do we want to parent? You know, how do we want to use our finances? How do we want to interact with the people around us? Like what do we want our friendships to look like? It's all based on like what is kingdom minded. And having that kind of cooperation and not being, you know, butting heads, different values. Mm -hmm. That's, I can't imagine not having that. I was life. just going to say, like, I can't imagine trying to make choices together for our family if we did not value the same thing. And if we didn't follow Jesus together, it would, it would be extremely difficult. And I'm glad that we're always to some extent on the same page when we enter into decisions together because we know who we're trying to be more like and that informs our decisions for all of life. Yeah. 
ideally ideally <laughs> sometimes we're sometimes we're not great at that but in an ideal world we would be better at that every day yeah um Emily, you want to ask this one Sure. Um, so how do you encourage one another in your faith journeys and relationship with Jesus? I think Elisa's good at just telling me the truth sometimes when I need to hear it. And it's not hardly ever fun to have those conversations, but it's always formative. I feel like we've had a lot of hard conversations where I've just been able to like snap out of it and I don't know if I can give a specific example but like you're not you know holding up your end of the deal in x y and z way and I can see like okay this sucks to hear I'm not going to handle the situation well in the moment probably because I'm defensive but like I need to be different somehow I need to change and grow in, in a certain area so um, I don't know, that's one of the ways that I can see that in our marriage. Yeah, I'm actually really grateful. I've thought that about you many times. Like I, I don't have to fear bringing things to you that are bothering me because you're very quick to be like, not that you just do it for me, but you're very quick to take it seriously and be like, okay, and then you change. And it's like, I don't have to worry that I have to like keep stuff from you or that it's not worth talking to you or that you're never going to grow. You're never going to change. Like, and it, it goes both ways. Like, I hope that I change for you as well, but I'm really grateful for the effort that you put into like listening to that and changing. So Matt, for me, I love his knowledge of the Bible and how the whole story connects together and points to Jesus. It's like, I just think he is so, so good at interpreting that, that thread. Um, so like his approach to scripture and his kingdom mindset is just so like integrative and he really helps me apply biblical truth to my life in a way that's not like trying to shove a square peg into a round hole. Like, I know this doesn't make sense experientially, but this is what God says. So just try to make it work or just try to understand it. I feel like Matt is just really good at helping me holistically understand God's character and helping me interpret the things that I experience because I'm very like emotionally driven and experience driven. So he brings a lot of biblical truth to what I am facing in my life and allows me to see things holistically. And I've grown a ton in my relationship with God and just my knowledge of scripture since like dating and marrying him. So I'm really grateful for that. How about you guys? Same question. Hmm. What would you say? <laughs> Well, we pray together every morning and every Stop. night. Okay. We Stop. read scripture <laughs> and a devotional together you know what? To, to each other. People might not know each other. In the original Greek. <laughs> so no. some people might thrive off of doing like devotionals and Bible reading together. I just, we just haven't jived in that way. And so we did try. We've tried, but I always fell asleep. Like whoever was not, <laughs> like whoever was not reading, it was really hard. Like, so if I was reading, she would kind of nod off or like struggle. If she was reading, my brain would wander. And I'm like, this, like, we're just doing this for, for uh, yeah, that's fair to be. There are some I couples mean, who do that. For us, it was like, this isn't life-giving. No. So, I mean, more power to you if you can do that together and enjoy it and stay awake <laughs> and then we both also have like there's a book sacred pathways that talks about like ways people connect with god like we also learned early on like we um we connect with god differently in terms of like our individual relationship yeah. and like that's okay and there's nothing wrong with that it's just different and so kind of being respectful of different ways of connecting with god and our relating to god and things um so, but what we can say, like so, that yeah, we do, that we do, yeah. can do together and whatnot is, um, I mean, just simple speaking the truth and encouragement. I, it's funny how it seems that when one of us is down, the other one is, you know, feeling confident in Jesus that day. And it just, we take turns, you know, pulling each other out of the pit at times, I guess you could say, um, just, 
the truth and speaking the truth to one another and receiving it um, and finding encouragement in that. And um, also just kind of the encouragement to like keep persevering and, you know, spurring each other on just like, yeah, it is hard at times and it does suck and it's not easy, but just speaking the truths that God has given us and that God's faithful and all these truths that we need reminded of just like you were saying Elisa just speaking those truths and hearing them for each other and just speaking into each other when we need it the most but what would you say um I think together we share and listen to one another and then I think we both offer that perspective and truth like you're saying when the other needs it in a way that's not like uh remember in youth group matt or maybe you weren't in there a small group some middle school guys instead of bible thump we coined the term scripture slap well um, i in that oh you <laughs> did yeah it's like that was scripture slap that's a yeah <laughs> that's classic right there so like we don't scripture slap one another we we genuinely listen and empathize and then but then do sometimes like try to gently speak the truth that helps like reframe. And I think that's helpful. Another thing though, a little bit more specific to me um, in terms of how Emily encourages, um, she, uh, she, it, well, it's very similar, I guess that she helps me see a different perspective. Sometimes in, I get really, I get analysis paralysis sometimes um, I spiral sometimes down these existential theological rabbit holes. And sometimes she'll just say something that's like very simple. And I just every now and then have this like, oh, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> it, I'm not trying to say it in a no, it's not at all like a, a simple easy. Emily, where were you on a 17 hour car ride to Florida then? Like <laughs> how many rabbit holes did you go down? <laughs> 17 hours is a long time to explore the rabbit holes of Anthony's mind. Intervention is needed. Matt needed rescued. Um, now it doesn't always work. Like sometimes I'm on a spiral and, but every now and then she'll say something that's true. And it's like, yeah, okay. Um, and then I think she encourages me uh, to do things that are healthy for me. So like there's space to do those ways that we do connect with God. There's ways that we let each other do that and, and yeah sometimes that's stepping away from yeah the house the family the kids the the things mm -hmm. and going to be alone or like i've done whatever. some 24-hour retreats for example like where I, I i went away to this like um retreat center by myself you know mm -hmm. and there was freedom and encouragement to do that so those are just little ways yeah yeah awesome. Yeah, Matt would tell me about the times um, when Matt and Anthony worked together that Anthony would just come in and close the door and sit on his couch. The blue couch. Would you lay down? Like, like he would just like take a deep breath and he's like, that's when I know Anthony's about to spiral. Here we go. Buckle up. Right, Anthony, it's going to be titled The Blue Couch. Just... <laughs> <laughs> and it's just going to be us like, like word vomiting. Yeah. <laughs> There's no point to this book. No there are no answers in this book <laughs> end where you begin and you begin where you end sort of thing theologizing on the couch <laughs> yep. so what are some of the things that you intentionally do to monitor and cultivate the health of your marriage having um, kids throws a wrench into the, the situation <laughs> Okay. Actually, I'm curious. I know things I'll say. I'm curious what you'll say. I took little notes so that I can stay on yeah. track. But um, I would say we try to have open communication in general. We, I mean, Anthony's oh. a little better about the open part of communication <laughs> and transparent communication. I'm a little hit or miss, but I'm growing in that thanks to 10 years or whatever we're at. Um, but yeah, just having open communication and checking in regularly, like, how are you doing? And, you know, are there things that I could be doing 
better differently or whatever and you know how are we meeting each other's needs or failing to meet one another's needs um we it we really value having since we have kids we really value having family nights and things like that but we also try to have pretty regular as much as we can manage um date nights um which include time away from the children and whether that's dinner or just going we like to go to live music or a movie or I know a movie is not really like you know you're not connecting but you are having fun together laughing together um and that's valuable to me but um and then I mean we also really love to have like getaways which that's not always very feasible in like (laughs) the regular pace of life but we do try to prioritize like making like a valentine's getaway maybe it's not like at valentine's day but it's in the you know a couple months around there just to prioritize you know we're gonna treat ourselves in this way get away spend time together be away from the everyday nagging things that have to get done like the to-dos and just prioritizing having time together having fun time together I really value having fun (laughs) probably more than I should um so I think it's been important for me and us to find things that we enjoy doing together so whether that's coffee movies puzzles I've gotten on a puzzle kick lately I don't know just you know do life and have fun together yeah so to i guess yeah summarize for me quality time is something we prioritize um a real practical way i would say is like some rhythm of a regular date night i have a friend who does it weekly uh that's not feasible for us like or affordable with a babysitter so our goal is monthly um monthly date night um and then we've done the getaways um and like without our children and that's (laughs) that's important um and so quality time and then sometimes for those date nights and that quality time uh I have a couple like resources that have like communication or conversation prompts um that sometimes I will pull up and we'll talk about them at dinner uh for fun like sometimes they're fun conversation starters Every now and then we'll have like some check-ins on the date night when we're not heated or upset about something, but we'll have these like kind of refer back to some situations or yeah. Um, just like these check-ins, and sometimes those are um helpful conversations and um and I don't know. I'm it's more beneficial when it's not in the heat of the moment and things like that. So so in a sense, I guess you could say we we prioritize date night and then we practice communication on date night. And then making time for intimacy physical intimacy is important um i was wondering why emily was giggling this whole time (laughs) i'm just being she's being she's being dirty (laughs) i'm married it ain't dirty um hebrew says the marriage bed is sacred right um yeah and those are things i would say like when i do premarital coaching with couples uh, if you were to have like gauges on your your marriage dashboard, like your car, like the things you need to monitor and keep healthy, I would say are like uh, communication, quality time, and sex. Like and like not trying to be weird about that, but even within even with Christians, sometimes you know pastors can get weird about it. Even like overcompensating, trying not to be too much of a prude. So I was in a balanced way. I was just trying to say if you're retreating from one another physically and retreating from physical intimacy, um, that's often an indication that there's been some retreats in other, like we're embodied souls. So we act out in our bodies, things that are often happening on an emotional and spiritual level. So Mm -hmm. that's an important gauge. Now it gets tricky when you have kids and I never realized before (laughs) married or having kids, how much you almost have to schedule some things, but, um, yeah. Anyways, those are those are some ways. Those are things we intentionally monitor and cultivate in our marriage. How about you guys? It has been a very hard season. 
for us to take care of our marriage and each other with a newborn. Well, it's a and newborn a, now. And a move to another state. Yes. And another new job. And a lot of stressors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We had like all summer off. Granted, it was with a new baby. So it was not relaxing, that's for sure. But it was like I was on maternity leave. Matt was still waiting for school to start. April didn't start school yet. So we we're all home trying to just figure out what our life was like. And then literally within the matter of a week, we just went back to real life. April went to preschool. I went to work. Matt went to school. We're trying to juggle Zeke and taking care of him during the day. So when it's not this insane season of our lives, or what do we do in this insane season of our lives to keep our marriage healthy? What are just like the small things that we can do in the midst of the craziness well we we have this kind of arrangement with my sister and my brother-in-law where they live not close but they live close enough to where we can do this once a month is like we swap kids yeah not uh not it's not really exactly right we they babysit our kids we go out and then we babysit their kids and they go out we only did that once and it was good. <laughs> I just went and got pizza and just sat in the car in silence for like, I'm not even kidding. It was like 20 minutes. We just sat and just. just Heavenly. It's okay. This is the first time we've gotten to do this in a really long time. We'll just sit here. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we, we've not been super good with cultivating these things in this crazy season of life. But on our anniversary, we like to do. What's up? I just want to say that's okay and normal. And like, we've had those, the moving, those things are taxing on your time and relationship. And it's just like being, you know, being aware of it and monitoring it and it not becoming, uh, yeah, the norm, like not, uh, essentially adapting to that new uh, as being the normative thing, but like newborn stuff, like oh yeah it's hard like so i just want to tell you guys like it is hard if it feels hard and uh it's normal for it to feel hard but matt you were going to say something yeah. about anniversary. sorry on our anniversary we we didn't do it this year because we were in in the middle of moving basically we like to do a it sounds cheesy we like do like a little marriage summit like we go to dinner and just talk about what we want to be or do or work on in the next season of marriage those are always helpful conversations. That actually brings up a good point that I think that we do intentionally and unintentionally. I think it brings us closer together when we are um, working on a goal together. So don't make Matt and I do a home project together. That's not the kind of goal. I'm oh, talking yeah. about. <laughs> that's pretty, that's, that could get a little rocky. But I'm like, if we're like, okay, we want to... Um, Actually, just before we got pregnant with Zeke, we didn't follow through much because our life kind of had a curveball. But we were like, okay, what are like three couples or three people that are really important to us that we want to intentionally love this year? Because it was like coming out of like a season of our marriage where we were like really like introspective with one another. And we kind of didn't do a really good job of like pouring into our friends. So we went into that year and we were like, okay, how are we going to love these people specifically? And I think little goals like that, bring us together because we're striving towards something together and it's really fun to accomplish things and see progress and also it goes back to the values thing like when you have those same values it brings you closer together because you are in it together so yeah i like that mm-hmm. yeah uh you you said something made me laugh the furniture or the home project i've heard someone say for premarital coaching just have a couple buy a piece of Ikea furniture and have to put it together. And Literally. Didn't you debrief that's, after. That's great. Didn't you say one of your, your other ideas was have them buy a two-seater kayak and just have them go out on the lake for two yeah. hours and then debrief after? We did that on our honeymoon. <laughs> like our first argument of marriage. <laughs> yes, seriously. We, oh, we have, I want a single kayak. Get out of my boat. We bought single seater kayaks for that very reason. Do <laughs> that. Like that's funny. You can't even hang a shelf together without like one of us storming out of the house and having to like go walk around the block. Yes. <laughs> like, okay, one biggest argument we've ever had 
hanging shelves. Yep. I mean, not, it was like one of us left the house. Not the shelves <laughs> that we just showed you. The, you See, know. progress. Yeah. Progress. You did a whole project. Yeah. And then two, here's the thing is that if we were to buy a tandem kayak, this is the argument we would get in. We would go into that and I would be fully convinced that I am the superior kayaker <laughs> and that I need to be in the back of the front, wherever the most important seat is. <laughs> and then we get out there and I am obviously not the superior kayaker, but I think I am. And then Matt just has to like make up for both of us <laughs> while I complain. We just went on a field trip with our daughter, April. And it was, we went to a apple orchard. <laughs> the orchard is a maze. So... And they they brag that they're the only apple orchard maze in in the state of Illinois, which is I don't know if that's something that you brag about, but anyway, um, Lisa was really confident that she could. They gave us a little map. This was this was with like a hundred preschoolers and their families. That we could, that she could like be our navigator, and we got lost in the apple orchard maze we were like the last ones out <laughs> because, <laughs> because elisa was really confident that she knew what to do and she went the exact opposite direction that we should have gone and, so. <laughs> and emily has gone on girl strips with me so she knows this about me confidently <laughs> <laughs> do the wrong thing and refuse it, you know own it the fact that you're doing it wrong yeah because <laughs> no one can make a decision so i'm gonna make the decision even if i'm wrong <laughs> uh, anyway yeah we need decision i mean so go for it in that vein if you were to identify <laughs> one to three threats to your marriage uh what would they be interesting i think <laughs> You mentioned earlier that like one of like you guys are you know kind of a give and take like one of you is down one of you is feeling good I feel like we don't do that often it's like when one of us is down everyone's down you know I struggle with mental health and I often have days where I'm just not feeling good um and I'm not able to like compensate for when Elisa's not feeling good it's like I'm just worried you know about me not feeling good it's like I don't have the capacity to really do anything other than that um that's that's been something that we've wrestled with for you know since we've been dating it's just kind of like the like I need you right now but you're not available (laughs) mentally emotionally um whatever it may be yeah I think that we do tend to bring each other down to um even if the other one isn't already there I feel like we're really I guess is the term symbiotic correct I don't know yeah yeah but it's like we feed off of each other a lot so if I wake up in the morning and I'm like oh, today's gonna be a good day I'm feeling great and then I go downstairs and I'm like Matt isn't it such a great day and he's like no <laughs> I'm feeling <laughs> this is this you know just giving us really simple example yeah, that's but, not a conversation that we no no it's a simple <laughs> example but like I, I will be in a great mood and then I'll find out that Matt's not and it'll just bring me down and then vice versa and I think that we could probably do a better job of being like okay you only have 10 percent. I'm gonna be your 90 you know um making up for where the other lacks being more intentional about that yeah that's good that's hard though <laughs> also when our styles of conflict are not the same Mm -hmm. I tend to retreat and get overwhelmed and just like need a second Mm -hmm. to not be in conflict and then Elisa like will chase me down and make me talk to her and I'm not saying that what I'm doing is good I'm not saying what what she's doing is bad it's just like we need different things when we're in conflict and we don't always I'll I'll venture to say that we hardly ever communicate those in the moment, and it usually um, it always ends up with a we need to have a talk later when we've all you know cooled down on everything like that. And it doesn't always need to be like that. Like I should I shouldn't retreat. You know, I I don't handle conflict you know in the best way, but yeah, I think that's something that we need to work on. 
And I get very intense, very, very intense, very quickly. What about you guys? One to three threats. So similar to that, uh, I think our communicate, our, our own, uh, our own weaknesses in our communication styles can become our kind of worst enemy. Um, and so actively working to allow them to complement and balance out one another. Um, and what I would like us to work on, I think we're trying to work on is I've been calling it, we have this like phase and it, let's say we have a, a conflict conversation. We have this phase of petty <laughs> middle school jabby it's mostly, unhealthy it's mostly me let's just be honest i mean you jab but i get uh i get angry so here's the thing emily's the one who retreats in our relationship i'm the more intense one so but... i'll throw a couple sucker punches to like yep back off a little bit buddy yep. and then you run away yeah mm -hmm. yeah so and, and then uh, anthony has steam coming out of his literal ears yeah <laughs> Well, and here's the thing though. So I get this too. So I can be intense and like for my job, I literally work with words. So like, so it's an unfair advantage. <laughs> so <laughs> she's retreating. And I'm not ready for it. And I'm building a case and I can be very logical. Let <laughs> the lawyer um, come into the scene. Here so we go. I'm like building a case and wordsmithing it and she's retreating. <laughs> Wow, that's I can see that in both of you. That could get scary. It's intense, yeah. right? So we have to get through the the immature phase. The thing is, we've finally gotten to where we're like, we know this about ourselves, and like I'm trying to regulate it, trying to give her space. She's working on not retreating as much. And trying to de-escalate yeah. my own defensiveness. defensiveness. Yeah. It's hard. I mean, but yeah. No, we typically hard. still have, I'm calling it the immature phase. It's like right now we're still getting like have to get through that to get to the like, okay, let's have a healthy conversation here and and reconcile. The thing is, is we do get to that point, but the threat, I guess, would be us sort of just giving into our natural tendencies yeah. and not actively working on them and then not reconciling. That would be um that'd be a threat. And then another threat would be getting like caught in a like you guys are in a, a season right now of the you know a newborn and all that busyness and all that stuff um and we've been in those seasons too a threat would be like getting stuck in that season for a, a really prolonged amount of time where you like um drift and and we've not i don't think we've been there but we feel it pretty like uh, like last week I had a lot of media, extra meetings and stuff. I was really busy and a little bit absent. And like, it's like the kids and Emily, like they felt it. And so this week I'm, uh, trying to compensate and address, you know, uh, address that and be more present. Does that make sense? So yeah. a, a threat would be getting stuck in unhealthy cycles, maybe I would say, or patterns, mm -hmm. rhythms. What would you say? Yeah. Um, I was going, well, let's see on a more personal, like not just an us note, but like on a more personal note for me, one of the threats would be kind of like in those conflicts when we're stuck in that, um, that rut and that cycle is just that getting on that self-preservation like track instead of like the get back on the track of actually being united again does that make sense mm -hmm. um obviously the emphasis being on the self-preservation instead of like the us and the unity and the intimacy being reinstated um but yeah i can get stuck on the you know self-defense like being defensive and mm -hmm. being prideful and being selfish about you know the outcome or you know but I was right about this, that, mm -hmm. that sort of thing. If that tricks. Yeah. So. I think that's when those like marriage, those like intentional communication moments come in. Cause it's not about, it's not like holding a record of wrongs, but mm -hmm. it's 
able to go back thanks for listening like, to part okay. one of this two-part episode stuck in this if rut you enjoyed of, like, it make sure to like, like every and time share we get it on social media i feel like i need to with your friends you know, give us a five-star rating or, or on apple podcasts whatever you want to do to express your support and, and make sure to and be looking out for part two of this episode which will be out later this month